Let's face it, when it comes to taking care of your health, financial investments are part of the territory. Just like taking care of anything valuable, your car, your home, your education, your kids, or your financial portfolio, it costs. It costs money, time, effort, but it's worth it. That's what an investment is. An investment is what you do or spend to obtain ownership and then get value back. But just like investing in anything, you always aim to find the diamond in the rough, the investment that will get you back thousands on what you put into it. But sometimes all you get is a lemon. We've spent several episodes now on the Better Belly Podcast diving into money mindset and why investing in our health can be so hard, but I've never really talked about my ups and downs with investing in my health. So on today's episode, I want to share with you the top five best and worst investments I've made in my health. I know that so many of you have come to me or told me about the money that you have spent on supplements or practitioners or whatever it is, and you just feel burnt out in investing and you don't know what to do. And so I wanted to spend this episode talking with you about what that has looked like in my own life and how I've seen myself make better and better choices the more that I've invested in my health. I hope that today's episode provides you with some laughs, some camaraderie, some courage, and maybe most importantly, some insights and tips on how you can up your health investing game to get the most out of every decision and avoid wasting your time and money on the bad ones. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Okay, guys, so before we dive into this episode, I want to talk with you about how you can stop guessing in your health and take back control in what's going on in your health. I have created a course just for you, our online course, Blood Lab Bootcamp. It is open now. It's been open since last podcast episode, and it is closing on September 8th 
or until we reach full capacity in our course, which is 25 students. Right now, there is still space for you. And I just want to tell you guys a little bit about it if you have not heard me already talk about it. Number one, I made this course so that you can read your own blood labs and stop hearing from your doctor that your labs look normal because let me tell you, they don't. If you are listening to this podcast and you do not feel good, if you feel off in your body, if you have gone to your doctor and they have said your labs look normal, they've done all this different testing, you've tried to change your diet, you've done all these different generally healthy things and you don't feel better, then they're is hope. There are clues going on. And I have created a course where I teach you how to read your blood labs, not like your conventional doctor, but using functional medicine protocol. And so that is totally different. We even have a full podcast episode on this concept of how functional doctors and functional health practitioners read labs differently than doctors. It is called how or why your labs look normal or why your doctor says your labs look normal when you don't feel normal. And we'll put a link in the show notes for that episode where you can really just look, lean into that. If you're, if you've never heard this before and you're like, I don't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to read my labs the same as my doctor. Let me tell you, we do not teach you the same way. I teach you exactly how I read my, my client's blood chemistry and what we find, how it helps us see, um, you know, in north, south, east, west, which direction do we go? And it's the same thing that I did in my health when I was going through my, when I finished my miscarriage and I asked my doctors, my uh, midwives, you know, why did I miscarry? Can you tell me anything? And they said, basically, no, we can't because it's your first, it's your first pregnancy. And I was kind of like, hmm. I'm going to call that BS. Like, no. And so I, I got blood chemistry and I found some amazing and fascinating things. And I actually have a whole episode. I believe it's the previous episode before this one on what I've been doing in my health since my miscarriage, the things that I found, the labs that I run. And the very first lab that I ran was blood chemistry. And you know what? My doctor, my PCP who ran that lab actually sent me a note back and said, everything looks good except for this one marker. It's a little high and that's it. And the crazy thing is, is I mean, that marker was high, but I mean, it wasn't a little high. It was a absurdly high. And I was a little surprised that she didn't say more because I was thinking, look, if I didn't know anything about health, I would have been, I mean, the normal, the standard range for this marker was zero to eight and it was at 34. I was like, that's, that's not, that's not a little high. That's super high. And so, um, you know, I was able to, because of my background and because of my training, not only see that that marker was off, but a bunch of other markers that she saw as normal were not normal. They were not within a healthy range. They were just within the average range and the average human American is not healthy. And so Number one, I want you to be able to, I created this so that you have power in your hands, that you can read your labs better and differently than your doctor. And number two, that you understand what your next steps are. In this entire course, I go through the most common blood chemistry markers. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, but we're thinking about like the CMP, which is the comprehensive metabolic panel. It's got all that stuff like sodium and potassium and calcium. Those are really interesting markers. They can give you information on your adrenal health, on your thyroid health, 
on your stress levels, on your, if you might have a parasite or a pathogen, they can give you information on your stomach health. If you have enough stomach acid, just like fascinating, fascinating pieces of information that you may have never considered before. Or even if you've heard it on this podcast, you might've been like, Allison, that's not me. And the cool thing about blood chemistry, guys, is that pretty much everybody has it. It has some, whether it's big or little, recent or not recent, you can use your blood chemistry and practice, whether maybe it's old blood chemistry, you can practice with this. We help you get blood chemistry if you want new blood chemistry. We have a handout that you can give to your doctor to say, these are the markers I want. We have a way that you can order through us if if your insurance either doesn't cover blood chemistry or if it's very expensive still through your insurance, you can get blood chemistry through us right now for $225, which if that sounds expensive, that is, I've had clients have to pay $1,000 for blood chemistry. So I just want to say we are making this as affordable as possible, as easy as possible, tearing down all the doors to getting information that you need for your health. And it's worth it. When you take blood lab boot camp, you don't just get to understand how to analyze just the blood chemistry for today or yesterday or the last six months, you get to understand how to analyze your blood chemistry for the rest of your life. It is something sticks around. You you don't unlearn this. And not only this, but you don't have to wait around for somebody else to analyze your labs. You don't have to look at these markers and say, well, I don't know what that means, or that's some weird word. You actually can understand what's going on in them and analyze them. And, and at the end of it, walk out and say, I now have an understanding of what these things might not be, what might, what is looks like is least likely going on, but what is most likely going on. And I teach you how to look at individual markers, patterns of markers, which is something that doctors really don't do. Uh, I've, I've never seen or heard conventional doctors talk about patterns in markers. It's just individual, like this is high, this is low. I go way beyond just, okay, your iron's low, so take some iron. Did you know that there's other reasons your iron might be low? Did you know that it could be related to things like stomach acid or pathogens? And how do you know how, when you look at your iron panel, how can you understand why it might be liver versus stomach acid? acid versus pathogens, what's going on. They're all connected. And so I teach you how to pull through all those little tidbits and connections. I talked to you about thyroid. If you have been wondering what your thyroid levels are like, doctors typically only order one out of the five most important thyroid markers. And if you don't, if you're missing one of those thyroid markers, you pretty much don't have the full picture of your thyroid. And the reason I'm telling this to you guys before I get jump into the next part of this episode is that this is the best investment that I could think of that I could create for you. I am sort of sick of looking at all of these, uh, you know, 30 day, you know, cleanses or this detox program. And they can definitely, those programs definitely can help you or teach you things or make you feel a little bit better. But they last about that, like 14 days. And it doesn't really truly heal you. If those 14 day programs were like, just changing people's lives and totally healing them. That's all we would need. We wouldn't be going to the doctor's offices, but I wanted to create something that gave you tools and power, not just a diet or a menu or, or something that everybody's doing. That's the same thing, but really helping you understand how to individualize your healthcare program and put power back in your hands. Reading and literacy, and this, this is really all about health literacy. And this is the last thing I'll say on, 
on Blood Lab Bootcamp, health literacy and, and just literacy in general is what makes you powerful. Your ability to read a book and to go to school and to read a blog post or to read an instructional manual, reading is what gives you power. And one of the things that, for example, kept slaves enslaved was one of the things that made them so vulnerable. Uh, when we're thinking about, uh, you know, pre-Civil War in America, slavery being common, especially in the South, is that um, slaves didn't know how to read. So they didn't know how to read a sign that said, this way to Pennsylvania. They had to use stars, but that was their ability to then read read the stars, read the, ultimately it was, it was again at this ability to read. And so reading gives you power, both when it comes to words and your ability to read a book or to read a manual, but also to read your health. And so I've created this course to put the power back in your hands. So you're not waiting around for somebody else's interpretation or having to go to multiple practitioners and just wondering like, well, is what they're saying correct? I created it to give you guys power and understanding and again, not having to wait on other people. And really, lastly, I created this at one of one of the, just like the brain moments where I was like, I have to create this is because every time I went over my blood chemistry with clients that I worked with, went over their blood chemistry using the same methods that I teach in this course pretty much every time they would cry. And the reason for that is that it was the same information that some other doctor had told them was not like meant nothing like, oh, it looks normal. And they just were so afraid and, and they thought that maybe it's just all in your head. And I bet if you're listening to this podcast, you've wondered, is this all in my head? Am I just, is this my fault? Am I eating the wrong things? Am I intentionally, you know, not doing something that's going to help me in my health? It's not all in your head. This is not your fault. You just need better information. And so Instead of guessing what's going to help in your health, instead of guessing and going into podcasts and or blogging or whatever it is, you can get your own information, your own blood chemistry, and it's tailored to you. And so the other fun bonus in this program is because it is the first time I'm launching Blood Lab Bootcamp. I am, as a special part of that, creating a bonus call at the end of the course with me where you get to ask any of your questions from the course. If you have any questions from your blood chemistry, bring those to the call and we can talk about it. You can learn from your other peers who took the course. I'm already so excited for all the women who are in this course. Um, just seeing them sign up, so excited to talk with you and be able to hear your all your ha, ha moments from this course and then also interact with you at the end. And that is going to be September 29th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can, when you sign up for this course, that you automatically get signed up for that and get added into that bonus call. Um, I am so excited again for this course. It is, again, just the value is a million times beyond anything you'll ever pay for this course. And it is something that has given me so much confidence in my own health journey. So check it out. We're going to have a link in the show notes. Blood Lab Bootcamp is its name. And you can go to betterbellytherapies.com slash blood and learn more about the course there. Okay, so back to the content of this episode. So we have talked in this 
podcast before about money. Money is really important aspect of health. And I feel like it doesn't get talked about a lot. It is definitely influencing our decisions. There's a lot of fear factors that come up when it comes to, okay, you know, I want to get better, but this costs money. And what do I choose? And what do I not choose? Uh, We have two actually more than two, but two of my favorite episodes where we've talked about money before is episode 34 titled Your Money Mindset is Holding You Back in Your Health and episode 23, Three Reasons We Struggle Investing in Our Health and What Could Happen If You Don't. That Those two episodes are really phenomenal. I talk a lot about my own money mindset journey when it comes to health. And if you've never heard of money mindset, let me brief you real fast. Everybody has this mindsets that come and play come into play when we are making any choices that involve money, which there's a lot of choices we make. That's everything from like what type of coffee you're going to buy at the coffee shop to um, what type of furniture you're going to put in your house or how frequently you're going to update your wardrobe or where you're going to send your kids to school. Like money's playing into everything. And so I don't want to ignore or pretend and, and more than a pretend, really just ignore the fact that when you're listening to this podcast, when you're actually making decisions in your health, some of the decisions you're making are being swayed by money. And so in today's episode, I'm going to talk about my best and my worst health investments in my health. Um, when I talk about investments, I'm definitely including both time investments and money. Um, I, I know that you know if you're a mom, if you're a career woman, basically you're a human being. Time is also a factor in what's going on in your health because we all have limited time. We don't have unlimited time. And so I'm going to start with the worst investments first, because who isn't devilishly interested in my mistakes? <laughs> Aren't I know, right? Even I, when I was writing them down, I'm like, what are my top five worst mistakes? I, I don't really think I'll ponder on them too, too often. But uh, it was it was very interesting process for me to write them down. And then, of course, we'll save the best for last on the turnaround, the positive things that happened. It's not all bad. It really isn't all bad, which is really amazing because it started off really bad. And when I share each of them, my top five in each category, I'm going to share them in chronological order. Um, So like in the worst category, it'll be the the earliest worst mistakes to my latest. um, uh, And just that's how I decided to do it um, in order. So, all right, my worst five worst health investments. Number one starts off in 2015 with blogs, Googling and nutrition-based healing. That's like a really, that was really depressing for me to write down. Um, Partly because I do want to say that blogs and Googling was not a total waste of time, but the main reason it really did make it into my top five worst investments is because it did not heal me. Like that's how I'm measuring investments here is is was it effective? That's pretty much it. And so blogs and Googling are not completely bad. I think that blogs and Googling familiarized me with some terms that I still use today, like leaky gut. But even when I was doing like exorbitant amounts of blogs and Googling, um, I remember thinking like, is leaky gut a real thing? Like my dad's a doctor and I've never heard him talk about it. And it also is not like clearly not scientific, like leaky gut, like is not a very, it's not like pernicious anemia or just, it doesn't right. It doesn't have like a Latin base. You're like, what is this? Um, and so I remember thinking, even when I was blogging, like reading blogs and reading Googling stuff, first off, like there's the whole problem of like, all of this sounds like what I have. Um, and you've probably experienced that too. I feel like, Mm, 
most of my clients that I talk to before they start working with me, they say, you know, I've been reading all these blogs and it just sounds like I have everything. And so that was another problem with blogs and Googling was the, the blogs themselves could not teach me how to separate or pull apart one problem for the other. And your body has a limited number of symptoms it can give you. That's just point blank fact. Like you can only have so many symptoms on your skin, like acne, eczema, psoriasis, gangrene, whatever it is, there's certain number of options. You're, you're, you can only get headaches and migraines and dizziness and vertigo and eye problems. Like there's just kind of a limited number of, of symptoms and they all typically center around pain or some type of, you know, maybe mobility dysfunction or, um, some change in color of your body, whatever it is, but, but it's limited. It's, it's this box. And so that's why you can have so many different things, blastocystis hominis and candida and H. pylori. And sometimes they can just all look the same. And so blogging, which is mainly based off of symptom analysis, is just going to end you in a loophole and make you feel like you've got cancer and candida and and it's just it makes your mind go crazy. And so I, I felt that way. Um, I still kept searching because I really kept hoping and believing and like the next blog post is gonna do it, the next one. And I definitely eventually burned out. I will say nowadays, I find blogging and Googling much more helpful than when like then in 2015. And I see the main difference being that I know what words to Google that I had, I was not coming across in 2015. Um, You know, I was Googling stuff like gut pain and bloating, um, or like maybe specific food groups, which is why nutrition based healing made it into this like like first one of like, just like reading recipes and like, this is going to heal me for sure. And then it didn't. And it was just miserable. And, and, and following diets, which is the main thing I found on blogs was do the low FODMAP diet, do the elemental diet. And I felt like my, I was just being pulled in 27 different directions. And, and, and when I would go in one direction, it didn't help. I didn't feel better. And literally you can feel the frustration in my voice, like thinking back on those times. But nowadays I might know to search for a phrase like estrogen dominance. And I might be searching that phrase because I'm either like reading a lab and I'm like, oh, this person's estrogen dominant or I'm like thinking about something or I'm trying to recall a fact, like I already know a good amount about estrogen dominance. And so I'm like, okay, let me see if I'm like refreshing my mind on everything. So I also know where to go, like estrogen dominance. I know some of my favorite people on who talks about that, like Dr. Jolene Brighton, who talks about hormones. She's a naturopathic doctor. I know maybe I'll go and grab the book that I have by her if I want to review something. And for the most part, like it's just stuff that, I'm reviewing and those, I'm not going to those sources to heal me or to heal my clients. Um, those sources don't have enough information to really fully heal hormones. They can get you pointed in the right direction. And when I read them nowadays, I'm like, yeah, those are, that's really good information, but it on its own is not going to heal someone's hormones, especially by the time they have something like a pathogen. And those, that's the kicker. And I'm going to talk a bit more about that. And the, the top five best and worst. You'll hear me bring pathogens up again, but we have a whole podcast episode I recently dedicated to the one question you need to ask to know if you have a pathogen, because there's pretty much one question that you need to ask like 
And if you're listening to this podcast and you've already tried a bunch of things in your health, you probably passed the question. It's the one litmus test. So we'll link that in the show notes. It was like from a few episodes ago, but, um, just don't expect blog posts to heal you. They educate you. They, again, I can, you can look it up for maybe specific things. If you're on a healing program or you already know something about what you're learning about, but otherwise it's not like using the Bible to fix your life. Like it's not going to be an A to Z thing. It's, it can't, and it's, and it's not specified to you. It's just not. So number two worst investment. Um, and I guess, to summarize my blogs, Googling and nutrition-based healing, just to say it was a lot of time. It didn't cost me maybe too much money, um, money specifically, but it was so, I mean, it was two years of my life. That's an absurd amount of time. And, and, and I know so many people, I work with clients who've been sick longer. They've been sick for 10 years or 20 years. Um, but two years was long enough for me. And, and I, and I wish, um, that I, that is a, that is to me a, a poor investment and, and, if I could have done and changed something sooner and had access to better information sooner, I would have totally recommended to my younger self to just cut off the blocking and the guessing and, and, and do deeper testing. Number two, uh, worst investment is in 2016, I got really into making my own kombucha. I was really dead set on finding like the best probiotic. I remember going and talking to my PCP a lot about like probiotics to get. Um, and I was trying to eat a lot of fermented foods. And so that was a lot of time kombucha. I even joked like I had roommates at the time and I would joke with them about how I felt like taking care and, and like creating my kombucha was like kind of like taking care of a pet, which when you don't have a lot of energy is was like a lot of a lot of what I had. Uh, it's really weird looking back and thinking back on it. I mean, kombucha tastes delicious and it's awesome, but it didn't heal me. It, it, and, and so again, that's the criteria. Like, uh, did this thing heal you? Uh, and so, and I also was taking probiotic pills, which definitely cost me money. I was buying very high, you know, what I could find was the highest quality probiotic pill. And I actually created a whole episode, uh, episode number three, why probiotics aren't healing your gut, because I feel like we're so misguided on like, oh, if you just take a probiotic, these are going to heal you. And I really dislike that because it's so not true. Everybody that I've worked with has tried probiotics before they work with me. And so I'm guessing I'm maybe I'm not working with the people who probiotics worked for. I know probiotics has supported some of my clients in the past, but usually they hit this point where then it's not helping them anymore. And that's a real thing that that happened to me where I was like, oh, I think this is helping. And then it like wasn't helping. Not only did it seem like it didn't matter, but often I was finding I was drinking kombucha or taking the probiotic and I was starting to feel worse, which is actually a very strong symptom of just general microbiome chaos in your gut. And so when you're taking a probiotic or some type of fermented food, you're actually adding chaos to all of the bacterial microbial chaos in the gut. And if you have specific problems going on, such as candida, that fermented food actually will make the candida grow even more. And so again, I was feeling way worse when I was on some of these fermented and probiotic type foods or pills. And so again, poor, pretty much straight like money and time down the drain. Um, interesting like trial and error, but but it was definitely a bad investment because it didn't work. Number three, in 2016, I had a lot of, that's when I started like digging into doctor appointments. I saw a registered dietitian and it's kind of something that you have to go through. I find that uh, it's, it's better to go through these 
through your doctor just to sort sort out big baddies and make sure nothing crazy is going on. But just realize that if you haven't done it and you're heading in that direction, if they tell you that there's nothing going on, it doesn't mean there's nothing going on. Um, it just means that there's nothing going on that they can find. You're basically not sick enough. You're, there's nothing bad enough going on that it registers on their radar as like, oh, this is bad. And so um, it's good to still see your doctor. Doctors are not useless. They have a place, but their place is not usually to heal you or to make you feel good. It's to help you not die. So it's, it's, it's keeping you from dying versus making you feel your best is a very different, uh, different, two different ways of approaching health and, and doctors and the health care system is mainly to keep you from dying, not to make you feel your best. So I felt super devalidated every time I would go to my doctor's appointments. I, the registered dietitian I went to insisted that I was doing the low FODMAP diet incorrectly. And that's why I was having symptoms, which I'm a very type A person. I, at the time was like, I don't cheat, like do not like suggest that I'm cheating or that I'm stupid. Um, and I never saw her again. Like I probably had eight sessions or something with her. And I just went to one appointment just to be like, maybe she'll tell me something I don't know. And she ended up just pointing at this wall of foods and saying, you can't eat any of these. Do you eat any of these? And I'm like, no, I don't. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> and it was just super devalidating and honestly infuriating. I was so mad after that appointment. And so uh, that wasn't fun. And that was didn't feel like a positive investment. I wasn't like, mm, being mad, it's so good for my health. Um, <laughs> uh, is, this was doctor appointments and the registered, di registered dietitian was generally not my most expensive venture financially, but it was very expensive to my emotions. It was expensive to my state of mind. It was expensive to my sense of hope and it was expensive in my time. I will also note that at this time I was under my parents' health insurance, which was which is very high quality, and they had an HSA card, so I definitely didn't even see any financial expenses that went along with this, but this doesn't make me feel any better about the 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 appointments. Um, my one positive takeaway that I had from this was, I guess I had two positive takeaways, um, that I had a gastroenterologist who did point me to a pelvic floor therapist, Allegra, who introduced me to craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation, and it was because of Legra, I talked about, I think in episode one in how I healed my body from IBS, but she, um, it's not something that all pelvic floor therapists even do. I was basically super lucky that she even knew any of it. She had just been trained in the first level of like cranial one and visceral one, which is just crazy. Cause now I have like all the levels of cranial, all four levels of cranial, all four levels of visceral manipulation. And it's just like, there's so many cool things you can do with it. And she only had level one of both. And she really turned my gut motility around. It didn't fully heal me, but it like, it stopped my gut from being in a spasm, which was really great. And I was able to starting able to start pooping again, sleeping better. Um, so it was like a 180 turn, but I still had to like walk back down the mountain, basically. So that was a positive thing. Um, it, it was interesting, though, like Allegra at the time and she and I have talked about this. She was super nervous about using cranial and visceral in, in so this is craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation, which we've talked about some of our other episodes. Um, it's really sprinkled around uh, like the number one therapy. I think I have a podcast episode. It's some titled something like the number one therapy or, or nope two therapies for IBS that you've probably never heard of 
that's it. Um, and so we talk about it more in that that episode. We will link in the show notes. It's pretty early on in the podcast. But um, it got me going in the right direction, but I still had a lot of healing to do. The other thing that, interestingly enough, I took away from, like the only thing I still use today from these doctor appointments is, is craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation and then something called bucket theory, which I got from that registered dietitian. And it was this light bulb moment. And I've talked about bucket theory on the podcast before. I talk about it in um, different, in like my book that I wrote, but um I basically what is going on is your body is a bucket and it's intended to handle toxins. But when you get symptoms is when that bucket is overflowing. And so if the bucket either is overflowing based off of how much water is going into it, aka all the toxins or how little like it's draining out. So if it had a spigot, you know, you want that spigot fully open so you can drain out toxins. And we're always being exposed to toxins or or things that are inflammatory to us, like histamine. You get histamine release every time you eat. But does it bother you? Maybe no, maybe yes. Um, it depends on what your toxic load is currently and how well you break down histamine. And so um, that theory has stuck with me, uh, bucket theory, and it's been really helpful in... I, I think me understanding why I get one s- symptoms one day when I do f- what I do the exact same thing and no symptoms the next day when I do the exact same thing. And there's a lot going on there, but that's just to say, I wanted to be super honest about anything I did get from all of these things, even if they were really my worst investments. Again, not a lot of money has come up yet in these worst investments, but I will honestly say that I correlate that with them being bad investments. Uh, We'll get to more on that in a moment. So you'll see what I'm saying. But number four, the fourth worst investment I ever made was I've actually talked about in this podcast as well. In early 2017, I call him the creepy chiropractor. Thankfully, it wasn't like, I don't know, physically, whatever, sexually creepy, but he was just not ethical in how he charged money uh, and and worked with insurance. And it was just there's uh, if anybody ever tries to charge you a different price because whether or not you go use your insurance to pay or not, that's not ethical. They should be charging you the same amount whether or not insurance is covering it if they take insurance. And so uh, that's not ethical. Um, So I ended up having to like, it was just had this whole insurance debacle where I'd paid. He thought I wasn't using insurance. So he charged me a certain amount or he thought I was using insurance. So he charged me like double what it was going to cost if I hadn't used insurance, which again is illegal. And so um, I ended up losing about $300 for that. And then he even made me pay for my x-ray copies when I left after just two appointments. Um, And he clearly was like very uncomfortable with the fact he's like, what do you mean you weren't using insurance? And um, he charged me as if I had. And it was just like, like the whole thing was so unfun. And he definitely didn't make me feel better. I mean, especially after two appointments. But I mean, where you are emotionally when you work with a health practitioner also super matters. So by the time my trust had been eroded in him, um, he was just not going to be a huge help anyways. Um, And my total loss, like I mentioned, was $300. And $300 felt like freakishly huge at the time. I think I cried about it. I, now that I think about it, it wasn't like tons of tears, but I definitely cried. I probably, I remember calling my parents and I was like, uh, like I made a bad choice. I felt so much shame to like $300, um, and, and very shamed. And I remember having this conversation with my parents. Um, you know, my dad's a doctor and he also like, doesn't super love alternative 
methods of healing. Although he repeatedly admits like, I don't understand what you do, Allison, but I see that it works and that intrigues me. But he's like, okay, I'll, he's, he was, he was wanted to be supportive of me going to chiropractor, but he also was like, yeah, there's kooks out there. See? And so he's just like, just be really careful and, and research more. Please research more before you go to your next person. So I really did. I buckled down. I like, um, went to, I like went onto as many websites as I could, like try to look for keywords. I, I, um, remember going to, after that, I remember going to like several free appointments, um, to different chiropractors and asking them questions and really interviewing them and how they worked. And I really didn't like, I, I really wanted someone who like had worked with muscles and helped AKA, they actually gave you muscle, um, strengthening exercises and much muscle stretching because muscles, um, hold bones in place. And I was a massage therapist in massage therapy school at the time. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to go somewhere that just cracks me and kicks me out. I want you to give me exercises. And so, um, couldn't find anyone, but all my friends at church knew that I was looking for a good chiropractor. And so it just happened to be a friend of mine who is a nurse is in the same nursing or is in the same unit as another nurse whose husband is a chiropractor. And geez, that is like a really long um, separation there. But she knew that this chiropractor worked with exercises and muscle strengthening and stretching. And so I went to him and we have a whole podcast on it now because he's so amazing. Um, Dr. Zach Simpkins and Dr. Tyg Ardvison. Um, we have a podcast episode called How to Choose the Best Chiropractor um, with Dr. Zach Simpkins and Tyg, Dr. Tyg. Uh, and that's episode 36. We'll link it in the show notes. But all that to say, like that bad, that bad investment did lead to a good investment. But there was this pivotal moment on the phone with my parents of like getting over some of my shame. And that's something I see in clients that I get on the phone with who end up not working with us. Sometimes there's this like sense of shame of well, I've already made a bad investment. Am I allowed to make another investment? There's totally fear. Like what if I make another bad investment? And I, I definitely felt that way. I, I, I definitely compensated by like lots of research and it was worth it. Like I'm glad I didn't go to, oh gosh, I think I went to three other chiropractors w with their like free appointments and basically interviewed them. And, and I remember being slightly frustrated that after three it wasn't there, but then my fourth one was, I just stopped going and started like asking around, like, who do you know is good? And I got that one. And so community is really good, like hearing people's, um, you know, wins and stories. And I'm actually going to link in the show notes. Um, we're going to get talk about in a second, but our testimonials that we've had from our clients, we've had some of our testimonials on the podcast or some of our clients to talk about their journey, which has just been so fun. Um, and so precious that, um, they were willing to share their stories. Um, and yeah, um, just in general that, it just because you make a mistake once doesn't mean you're going to make a mistake again. But that was a thing for me was one of my bigger financial mistakes. And then in 2018, I remember downloading a lot of free like juice cleanses and gut healing programs. I bought a few eBooks and none of those were helpful. And that was like my, in 2018, that, that was kind of the last finance or the last year I can remember just making really poor financial or like, not poor, just investments that didn't get results. That's it. That's all I see it as. I, okay, these didn't get me results. On with what does get me results. So cool. We're going to switch into my top five best investments. And this is so exciting because let's see, in 2018, I, I mean, I hadn't, 
I hadn't, yeah, 2018, I'd only hit one of these, um, best investments like early 2018 and only hit one. And so it's so cool to look back and to realize like you can actually get a string of good investments. It's a real thing. You're not stuck making bad investments. And so it's, it's about familiarity with territory, doing research, knowing what questions to ask you listening to this podcast. Definitely, whether it's this episode or previous episode is giving you context. That's my main goal as I'm talking to this is, is giving you context for making decisions. And so, um, my best best um, investments are starting in 2017 with chiropractic care from Dr. Zach Simkins. So um, already mentioned this. It's kind of funny, but basically that was my transitional point was this like breakdown moment crying like I made a bad decision with my money and my health and seeing this other chiropractor who was just not ethical. And I was like, wow, let's go for ethical next time. Um, and just seeing how so quickly relatively, I think in a, it felt like forever where I because my my neck was in a ton of pain. And I was like, I want this gun now. Um, and it took me probably a couple weeks. But it was so worth it to actually find a really good quality practitioner. The other interesting thing, the big thing that's interesting in this being the first, you know, when we're talking about chronologically, the first best investment I made in my health um, was it was also the most expensive investment I had ever made in my health or, 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 or knew about, you know, and, and the funny thing is I knew it on the front end, all the other blogs and stuff, you don't know about the investment on the front end. You're like, this is free. This is not a big deal, but it's, it is costing you. It's costing you time. It's costing you money. It's costing you emotional energy. It's costing you all the time. You try to find the ingredients to buy all these recipes that don't heal you. Um, and so I remember when I worked with Dr. Zach, it was in like maybe the mid one thousands. So like 1000, 1500. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I, it was like something like that. And I was, I remember my eyes like getting huge when I saw, um, the recommend what, what it was going to cost from A to Z. And this was from A to Z. It wasn't like the first appointment. It was the entire cost of care to make my neck better. And I had never seen a number that big as far as like, other than maybe like buying a car. I think my, my frame of reference was just like, what is going on? And so I remember looking at this number and hemming and hawing and Dr. Zach's, when we were talking about like this investment, we were looking over my x-rays and just talking about, you know, how the care cost of care was going to last a certain amount of time and not be indefinite, which is another problem you can run across in chiropractors, but he was actually going to help me heal and then maintain my body. So you didn't have to, I only see him like once a quarter now, um, just for support, um, just for maintenance. But he said, basically, how much is your neck worth to you? <laughs> right? Like, how much is is my neck worth to me? Is my and I remember looking at the number and I'm like way more than fifteen hundred dollars or whatever it was, right? Um, and that was that was worth it. Like I was, I'm so grateful he asked me that question. It takes a lot of guts as a health practitioner to kind of push back against some of the money mindsets you see people struggling with. But if you know the work that you do is good, and you know you're going to get them the outcome the money pretty much doesn't matter um, unless the person just doesn't think that their neck is that valuable. That's a separate problem. I can't change that. Um, who couldn't change it if I didn't find my neck that valuable or like a healthy, not pained neck? So was I scared to make the investment? Heck yes. I was like, what is going on? Um, this is a lot of money, but also knew that I wanted to, my neck to be better. I had, I felt really confident, like way better about him than any other chiropractor I talked to. He fit all the criteria I was looking for. So I went for it. And 
This ended up being the key that helped me run again. Note, I went in for neck pain and I came out being able to run a marathon. When I went to Dr. Zach, I couldn't run two miles without having pain in my knees primarily. And I just figured I'd like torn a meniscus or something because it was a problem I ran into after running my first half marathon and it was in my knees. So I was like, well, the problem's in my knees, right? But I learned through him that when you have knee pain, when you run frequently, not all the time, but frequently, the problem is not in the knee. It's it's, uh, most commonly going to be in the hip and then second most commonly going to be in the ankle. Um, And and mine was in the hips. My hips were didn't have the right strength um, in them, the, the right balance of strength. They look strong. I could do really cool amounts of like glute exercises, but they were not strong in the right way. And he helped me strengthen those weak muscles that weren't getting targeted. And they basically had turned themselves off. And so my knees were destabilized. And so he helped both with chiropractic adjustments and through muscle stretching and, and strengthening balanced my musculature so that I could then that same year, literally 20, um, Oh yeah, it wouldn't be that same year. It would have been the next year after because 2017 is when I saw him. And then in 2018, I ran a full marathon. What? So crazy. And so I totally um, give him the credit for that. And of course, my neck didn't hurt or he stopped my neck from hurting like ridiculous amounts. Um, I couldn't sleep because of the neck pain. It was just so bad. Um, and and I was like an ex-gymnast and I did yoga and I ran. I was like the quote unquote healthy person. I'm like, how am I in this much pain? And so just really amazing. And, and it was this light bulb moment after the money was spent and I felt amazing that I was like, okay, I have to spend money the next time I want to feel better. Basically like this is my option. You get what you pay for. And so I think for me, there's a very clear delineation between not paying really very much at all for my health and then like actually getting results and paying for my health. And so um, I know that's not the that's not everyone's story. And I realize that there is some for whatever reason, luck, privilege. I don't know. Um, I definitely have worked with clients who have spent thousands of dollars on care and healthcare um, and not gotten results. And and there's a million reasons why that might be. Um, my heart definitely goes out to those scenarios. But I also have talked with women who haven't really invested. They've invested maybe the way I had, like blogs and books and um, little bits here and there. Um, but but aren't making that bigger leap. And the, and the truth is, is that people who are charging that much, they're charging it because it works because they've spent their, their time and their energy and their lives perfecting that craft because they've found something that is different than what other people are offering. But it's just, it's just not covered by insurance. And that doesn't make it bad. It makes it honestly a lot of times better or at least different. So uh, in 2018, I got my next best investment in my health, which was, uh, paying for training and treatment in craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation. Was I scared in the investment? Yes. Was it thousands of dollars for the training and treatment? Yes. Um, what was the result? I pooped. I slept. I Those were two huge things. And at the time, that was great. And definitely less abdominal pain due to pooping. Um, just an increased appetite due to pooping. Um increase energy levels due to sleeping and pooping because when you poop you get rid of toxins and if you don't poop then you reabsorb the toxins back into your body through your hepatic portal vein system so that's no bueno um 
and it does make you feel grumpy. It can make you feel lethargic. It can make you feel moody and um, foggy headed, all that jazz. So pooping is important. Um, (laughs) And I started to poop and that was huge. Um, I can remember being at my courses and getting some treatment um, and just like feeling totally different at the courses. I remember getting treatment outside of my courses um, and it just was really opening up my eyes. So again, First one, thousands of dollars, so like more than a thousand. Um, the second one, craniosacral and visceral manipulation, uh, ease, I mean, way more than thousands of dollars as well. Number three, in 2018, I started listening to podcasts. And so that investment um, was, I'd say, majority uh, majority of my time. And this was a big deal to me because at the time I was listening to podcasts as a part of a mental exercise to help retrain my brain. I was very, um, I have a history of being depressed and anxious. And so I was like, I'm going to put on a new tape recorder. Like literally when you think about podcasts, a new voice in my head, that's not my own head. That's not this own depressed and anxious thoughts. I'm going to retrain my thinking. And so I was listening to podcasts or business, business, podcasts, mindset podcasts, spiritual growth podcasts. I'd listen to it on the way to work, on the way from work, in the shower, while I was cooking, while I was doing laundry. I was putting in this different voice because we rewrite our voices in our heads. And that's, I don't think I have a podcast episode on it yet, but I have definitely mentioned it throughout our, um, throughout this podcast, this concept of how we change our brains. And it's mainly through repetition, not through logic. Like, well, I should be happy or I should be motivated. It's like, that doesn't work. Um, our subconscious, they, they respond to repetition. So I was repeated, repeating certain mindsets and positivity and and strategy to help change my brain. But the other thing that was really cool because of listening to so many podcasts was that I came across Functional Diagnostic Nutrition by Reed Davis. Um, So that's what I do. I'm a Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner. And in 2020, I discovered that, um, which has changed my life, my health, and those of my clients. So because of FDN, which is Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, FDN, the week I found it the week that the pandemic shut down Michigan, which is where I live, and I invested with the uh, approval and 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 onboarding my husband. I invested thousands of dollars into studying functional lab testing and the functional diagnostic nutrition way, and so that was the same week that my business shut down. It was the week when we didn't know when I'd get another paycheck. It was the week that I spent more money at once than I ever had other than us buying our home. Um, and, and it was the most I'd ever spent money uh, at once on my health because of that program. And and I know that I took that program partly for my clients, but I really also took it for my health. Like I would wanted to know what can you teach me? What is there um, that that's nobody else is teaching me? I haven't even known who to go to. I haven't even known what doctor or what to do. And so um, because I knew that there was more, because I came across that podcast episode, I then knew that I could invest in FDN. And so podcasts have been incredibly helpful. I'd say they haven't made this like one-to-one ratio of like doing something and healing myself, but it's given me more tools. And it's another reason that I wanted to create this podcast is because podcasting has changed me so much. And just, again, coming across information I wasn't coming across in blogs, um, being able to hear someone's voice while I was doing stuff and changing my brain and really challenging myself. So 
I do try to challenge you guys because um, I know that being challenged when I was listening to podcasts was so impactful to me. Number four, the fourth best investment in my health is lab testing. Point blank, like getting lab testing done, which is very different than just knowing that the labs exist or um, knowing that I could do it actually doing it. And the funny thing is when, um, when I was doing the lab testing, part of it was actually required for functional diagnostic nutrition. And I remember I'm being so honest, guys, I remember being a little bitter that I had to do this lab testing because I was like very proud. Like I am very healthy. I don't need to do this lab testing. We're going to find nothing. I was so proud guys. And I sometimes wonder if, if, when I'm talking with somebody or, or we're just discoursing on lab testing, I'm like, maybe they don't want to do testing because they're like proud or, or like, you know, think that nothing will th- definitely I hear that they think nothing will come up. And so I really didn't think, for example, that I had a gut pathogen. Like I really didn't think that I had a gut pathogen. Um, and I got a stool test and I, <laughs> found out that I had one of the most common and one of the most like intense uh, parasites you can have that correlates strongly with IBS. So we even have a podcast episode called like the number one pathogen for um, that correlates with IBS. And so that, and we can link that in the show notes, but that is blastocystis hominis. Um, and it really demolishes your immune system. Um, I also learned through that stool test that showed me I had blastocystis hominis that I had something called H pylori, which was destroying my stomach acid levels and causing me to not absorb B12 and iron and calcium and zinc. And I needed to, I also learned from that test that my, uh, immune system was actually responding to gluten and I needed to be more gluten-free than I was. I was like, sort of gluten-free, but clearly not enough. Um, and going gluten-free was really helpful to my health as well as dealing with that freaking parasite. And so, um, I will run, we'll put a link in the podcast episode for that number one most common parasite in IBS. And then I also have a podcast episode where I talked about an update on my, having my parasite and what my health, how my health changed after I dealt with it. Um, in 2021, I did more lab testing doing the zoomer, which found out that I had a corn sensitivity and a rice sensitivity, my hair tissue mineral analysis, which is testing my hair for heavy metals and my mineral balance. I did a Dutch test, which is using urine that I can do just at home and test my sex hormone levels and my steroid, like uh, cortisol, essentially like adrenal health levels. Um, I've done tons of lab testing and I'd say like every time it's a conversation with my husband of like being very serious with him, like not just like, I just want to run a lab test, but, um, Hey, I'm running, I want to run this lab test. This is why this is what's going on. Um, this is where I think we can pull the money from, um, you know, whether that's saving for it the next few months to pay for it or pulling it from a certain area and replenishing that money, whatever it is. And then telling him like, this is the differences I will, I'm expecting to expect. And that makes a difference. Like he gets to enjoy me having more energy to remodel the house, or he gets to see me flourishing in my business because I feel better. Or he gets to see it'd be easier for me to hang out with his family when we go on vacation with them because I have more energy and I don't have to like take as many naps or hide out or whatever it is. Um, and so that has been huge again. And again, it's cost money. It's my best ones, pretty much all, almost all of them cost money. And then number five, my top, my fifth best investment in my health is supplements. So (laughs) 
I remember not feeling this way prior to studying supplements and understanding them and using them in a really intentional way. Um, and so I am honestly considering making a course on how to understand supplements. Please, please, please let me know if you want something like that. I'm going to be starting to talk about it on Instagram uh, more. But right now we are sticking with the Blood Lab Bootcamp course and teaching y'all how to read your blood chemistry. But um, supplements have been so helpful. Um, I, I have seen them now that I just understand how to use them. I feel better when I use them compared to, I'd say I did use some supplements prior to 2017, which is when I really started accumulating a lot more information and knowledge on, on how to help my health. But, um, I've definitely spent thousands of dollars on supplements. I like did some quick math, um, based off of some purchases I've made. I tend to buy them like in chunks. And I was like, oh yeah, I've definitely spent thousands of dollars on supplements and it's been worth every penny. It's helped heal my liver. I definitely don't have to take the same ones that I used to take. Um, it's helped my hormone levels. It's brought my progesterone back. I use supplements to get rid of my parasite, like just herbal um, supplements to get rid of that. Um, I mean, I've done everything herbal, had not, used, had not had to use any antibiotics for healing H. pylori or or blastocystis hominis, nothing. And so it has been so helpful. I've supported my thyroid. I've seen my adrenal glands heal. Um, I've done it along with lifestyle choices, but the supplements have sped that up so much. And so it was worth every penny. I, I mean, so good for supplements. And of course my clients use it and they feel better. Um, but seriously, guys, if you want to learn more about supplements, please send me a DM or just start following my stories or following. I'm going to be starting asking questions. It's what questions you have on supplements, um, what you want to know, what you would want to hear if I made a course on it. So I will say in this whole section on my best investments, it was scary pretty much every time to invest. There was no like, ah, I can't wait to spend a few hundred dollars on this lab test or these supplements. Um, I can't think of any other way that I would spend this. We have intentionally chosen to delay buying certain things for our home, um, like a new couch or a new dining table or um, better this or better that. Uh, we, we really are like, okay, what we're balancing all of our purchases with our highest values and they correlate. We feel so good. We, as in me and my husband feel so good about the investments we make. Um, and so the one tip that I really wanted you guys to walk away with, with, with all this, which I see repeatedly, I just see this mistake over and over and over again. And it really breaks my heart, which is don't, measure the value of what you're buying in hours, measure it by its outcome. And so I get a lot of people who they either want to work with me or they talk about other people they considered working with, or I like will refer people to other practitioners and they'll say, well, they cost this much money or it was this many per hour. You know, it, I, you know, I did the math out and this many hours they were giving to me and it would have been this many dollars per hour. And that's just ridiculous. And it's like, don't measure it by how many hours you get with some health practitioner or some person. You want to measure what you're buying by the energy you gain, by the time you gain, by the quality of relationship that you gain back because you now can focus on relationship, the joy, the the mental clarity, measure it by your outcome. You know, for me, the question was, how much is your neck worth to you? I'm like, well, way more than this 1,500, whatever it had been dollars. Um, 
and it's lasted. Like, I don't even think about that $1,500. I definitely wasn't even thinking it halfway through the program with Dr. Zach. Like, I felt totally different. And so um, ask your questions to yourself. Like, what's the outcome this provider is is suggesting they're going to give to you? Do they have a history of helping people with your condition? Do they have any testimonials? Like, I don't care if this is your registered dietitian or your gastroenterologist. Do they help people get better? Um, or do people end up staying the same? So I have shared on our podcast, Client Testimonials, we have episode 13, uh, where I talk with my client, Abby Herman, who's a six-figure business owner. I have episode 21, where I talk with my client, C, who had chronic insomnia, chronic pain, and chronic nausea that none of the top hospitals in the U.S. could could help her with. Um, episode 35, where I talk with my client Desi about her abdominal pain, joint pain, fatigue, and how she lost 10 pounds by doing, by not changing anything in her diet, like calorically. She didn't have to calorie count or anything. She just simply lost 10 pounds by healing her body um, and us, by us finding what was going on in her labs. And then my client, my bonus episode with my client Addie, who was constipated, had gas, bloating, and fatigue, and she ended up in just three months having energy, confidence, and freedom. I mean, just really amazing. We have 37 client reviews on Google. We're going to provide a link in the show notes if you just want to look at our Google reviews. Um, but but how much is your body worth to you? How much is your health worth to you? If you, uh, if you don't understand like how, how, value works with health and 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 that you want to measure by outcome like you're going to miss or even sneer at amazing offers because you feel like well they're they're pay, they're charging me so much and I don't get that many hours with them or you're going to misjudge bad offers like wow this person's just $50 an hour like well are they giving you $50 an hour work like that actually sounds like a pretty bad deal um is that what you really want for your body so how much is your body and your health worth to you and, and lastly, kind of on this, on this idea of, of measuring the value of what you're buying, especially when you're thinking about um, money, because I know money can be, again, that big, that big scary thing. It's very scary, but it doesn't have to be. Um, when you're thinking about it, there's a measuring it by your outcome. There's this uh, psychologist, Dr. Gay Hendricks. He's written a book I really like. He's written several books. Um, but he will go to, uh, different, he's been hired by different business companies to then help them work through negotiations that have fallen through. And so when he showed, he, there's a story he tells of him showing up on the scene of this business negotiation where they're trying to break ground and like, basically like put in set in stone, like this contract that had been agreed upon. And now like the top CEOs were not agreeing and the top executives were like saying, we don't want, we want to back out of this. And the first thing he says to these two belligerent, you know, angry executives is whether this takes 10 minutes or 10 days, are you committed to the outcome? And the reason he asked that is because sometimes we get so riled up in all of our pain and frustration and bitterness and despair that we we say, you know, this thing better take forever. I better get all my money's worth out of it. And, and their frustration could have easily made them hold on to their bitterness and forced it to take longer, maybe forced it to take 10 days or even longer than 10 days, 10 weeks. But he asked them right off the bat, are they willing to let go of their hurt, of their bitterness, of their frustration, of their anger, to enough to the point that they're willing to say that 
I'd be okay if this took 10 minutes to resolve. And when I read that passage, I remember my heart just breaking internally. I wasn't even going through anything at the time, but thinking about all the pain and bitterness that I had been through, whether it was related to my physical health or not, that I was holding on to just because of how long I had to deal with it, but how I had the choice that I could let go of it just in 10 minutes. What if I could let go of it in just 10 minutes? What if you could let go of all the frustration and all the pain and all the hurt in just 10 minutes and say, that's it. I'm going to pursue healing now. I'm going to no longer live in this narrative that says people are lying to me. People are cheating me. This thing won't work. What if you step into the next best investment in your health, whether that's time related investment or money related investment? Like that is what I want for you guys. And that is again, one of the reasons why I made blood lab boot camp. that that I realized that there's this schism of, of people maybe making bad choices because they don't have information or feeling disempowered or feeling like people are lying to them. This course is so you can have the information on the inside of you. So you're not being, you, you can better discern that you're not being lied to or that you are being lied to or, or, or be, being able to even see just your own patterns between your symptoms and the labs that you're creating that you can get a little bit more hope. And it's just a small step, just one more way that you can get education. Um, and, and education really is one of the best things I've seen when it's come to investing in my health. Like every time I've invested in my education and my health, it's made the world of difference. And so that's what I, why I made it. I made it for you guys. I would love to see you as a student. We have 25 slots total. I don't know. I don't, um, we have, we still have more. We don't have a full, the class is definitely starting to fill up, but we want, I want you to be in it. And so we have a link in the show notes. You can sign up for blood lab bootcamp, um, or, you know, whatever your step is, maybe you're thinking of some other thing at the end of this podcast episode, some person you've been considering working with some program you've been considering buying, but you haven't made that choice because of fear or because of pain, because of, of despair. Um, but I want to encourage you that, there are good health investments out there. So that is it for today. My top five best and worst investments in my health. All right, guys. Well, if you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line. So subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you thought of somebody while you were listening to this podcast episode, if this meant something to you, I would just encourage you to take a screenshot and share it with a friend or share it on your stories and tag me. I would love to hear what your takeaways are from this episode. If you have any thoughts on what supplements questions you have or what your next health investment is going to be. I love interacting with you guys on Instagram and it's been so cool and encouraging to hear what has been sticking out to you guys from the podcast. Other ways that you can stay in conversation conversation with us is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I really do talk with y'all and connect with y'all and I would love it if you jumped on, said hi, and if you have any questions on Blood Lab Bootcamp, send me a DM. I would love to answer your questions. So other than that, I just want to leave you guys off with our quote that I always say at the end of our show, which is miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. And it's okay if it's taking time. You are still on your way to healing. See you next time.